Hey, good morning, everybody. How are y'all doing? You know, since the earliest days of the church on Easter Sunday, there is a traditional greeting that we have not yet done. And it goes like, He is risen. And then you say, He is risen indeed. And so let's do that. He is risen. He is risen indeed. He is raised from death, never to die again. And, uh, you know, I love on just whenever we get to do baptisms, but especially on Easter, it's, it's special. And there's just something about us, not only uh, new people starting the journey, but also people who have been baptized, maybe at some point along the way, recommitting our lives to uh, Jesus. And, you know, this is a special day. And I just want to say, just as I'm looking around the room, I don't know everybody, obviously, there's a lot of people, but, but uh, I just want to say that you're not here by accident. Okay, it's just God, He... He is working all the time in our lives to draw us closer to Himself. He's just constantly doing that. And I want to just affirm that whole thing happening this morning. You know, uh, that God is doing something wonderful in our midst and He's drawing us to Himself. You know, one of the things that I've, I've come to see the importance of just praying regularly is just praying to Jesus and saying, Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me today? And it's amazing that that is a prayer that God wants to answer. And so just you might just let's just pause. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me today? Just say that in your own. You don't have to say it out loud, but just Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me today? You know, and God is answering that prayer all around the world. When people pray that he shows himself to them. It's amazing. Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, all different kinds of backgrounds, no religion at all. When we start praying that prayer because God made us in His image. He made us to know Him. He made us to know Him through Jesus Christ. And it's wonderful good news. One of the lies that we believe, starting off with a lie here, one of the lies that we believe uh, a lot of times is that Jesus, a close walk with Jesus is for someone else. It's for somebody that's got it together more than me. More than you know. however you see yourself. And I just want to say, that that really is a lie that that God made us to know him. The good news is that Jesus Christ came to bring sinners to God. That's the good news. He came to bring sinners like me and like you, you know, and all around this room. He came to bring us to know God. Now, the interesting thing is it helps me to remember that I'm a sinner because I've blown it. And if you look around the room, all you're going to actually find are other people that have blown it. Let me say it this way. Coming together in the church, this isn't where you go when you get it all together. Does that help? So all around the room, there's people that don't have it together. It's embarrassing, isn't it? It's it's comforting, yeah. Just a bunch of people that don't have it together and mess up and sin, and yet we've seen something in Jesus that keeps blowing us away. His grace, His goodness, His love, oh, His love, His love, His love, the hope that we have, the life that we have, the freedom that we have, the forgiveness that we have. And today is Resurrection Sunday. (laughs) It's like, yes! You know, everything that He did, said, lived was about is vindicated 
in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's alive. And it's all true. All that stuff he said, I'm going to destroy this temple's going to be destroyed, but I'm going to raise up another temple in three days. Whoa. ah, Kind of loud and awesome and powerful. And today, the sun's been rising all around the world since, you know, the, the, the sun crossed the date line. And all around the world, our brothers and sisters, every tribe, language, nation, tongue, everybody's been celebrating the thing that we're celebrating this morning. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. It's just good news. Thank you, Lord. And today I want to share the good news by telling the story of Easter and how that story fits into the larger story of God. I want to start with God in all of this. How it fits with the story of God and then how we fit into that story. Because we do, it just doesn't start with us, it starts with God. And that's where we're gonna, that's how we're gonna do this thing this morning. And I'm mixing it up. If you've been around here a while, you know that I almost always start a sermon off with the main thing. Because I want us to get it. But today, today, we're getting kind of creative, and I'm gonna tell some points and then tell the main thing. Oh, my son just looked at me and went, okay, so let's do this. The story of Easter. Turn in your Bibles. Turn in your Bibles. I did it again. I left my glasses. First service, second service. Consistency. That's what I always say. Consistency. Leave the glasses, both services. So John 20, John 20, verse 1. Great passage getting toward the end this is the easter story the gospel of john father bless the reading of your word today in jesus mighty name change us transform our minds and thinking in our lives in jesus name amen so early on the first day of the week while it was still dark mary magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance she came running to simon peter and the other disciple the one Jesus loved, which I like because John's writing. This is John writing that. I just I like that. The one Jesus loved, he knew it. They've taken the Lord. She, she said, they've taken the Lord and we, out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put Him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Him and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to their homes, but Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They've taken away my Lord. They've taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they've put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you've carried him away, 
Tell me where you've put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am returning to my father and your father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Wow. Amen. Awesome. And so, you know, John is telling this story and there's so much going on here that he wants us to get. And I want to just highlight a couple things. And, you know, so this whole gospel, it's being written because Irenaeus tells us, church tradition tells us that the bishops of Asia got together with John. John's an old man. It's like 90, 95 along in there. And, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke had been written like in the 60s. So 30, 35 years earlier. And they got together with John and they said, would you write down your version of the gospel? And so they prayed, all of them, and fasted for three days. And after three days, John said, it's the word of the Lord and I'm going to write it down. And so what he says about the gospel of Jesus, where he starts, what he says, how he brings this thing home to us is awesome. There's, I, I just I love this gospel. And whenever he says things like on the first day of the week, whenever he gets gives dates and things like that, it means something to the to the Apostle John on the first day of the week is because one of the things he's saying is he's recapitulating the story of creation to talk about Jesus coming and recreating all things. And so when he says on the first day of the week, it's it's an allusion to Genesis, to creation, but it's the new creation on the first day of the week. New life comes into the world. The first of a new kind of way of being human steps out for the first time onto planet Earth. And it's just, oh, I love it. And so when Mary turns around and sees the gardener, sees someone who she thinks is the gardener, that's John again going, this is like the garden story all over again. And you just you see this thing unfold and unpack, but it's all a part of a larger story. Even if you go back to the beginning of the Gospel of John, put that up, John 1.1. 1, 1. What does it say? In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning. And what is that an allusion to? Genesis. The whole creation story. In the beginning was... But it's not just God, God creating. He wants to make a point about who Jesus is and who God is. And it's... Again, it's just, it just makes me want to do... I'm jumping a lot today. That's kind of strange. But it's like, whoa, this is incredible! In the beginning was the Word, Jesus. And the Word was with God and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. And through Him, all things were made. Without Him, in case we're unclear, without Him, nothing was made that has been made. Wow! In Him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. So, John is making this point to us that this whole thing this Easter story connects to the gigantic, big, glad, global good news of God. That's kind of funny. I'm so filled with joy to get to share this with you today. I really am. I'm, I'm just I'm thankful to the Lord because it's such good news, man. It's like 
absolutely incredible. This story that that really, when you start seeing before creation, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God in a face-to-face relationship. This God, this Son, with the Father in the Spirit before eternity, all eternity before creation, then it starts making sense that this whole story is not just, it doesn't start with us, it starts with God. And that's good news for us. And it makes Jesus way, way bigger than just something God kind of pulled in and got him to you know, do something to help our sin problem out. This thing was going on before creation itself. If Paul says in Ephesians 1 verses 4 and 5, he says that it was his plan before the creation of the world that in love he would adopt us into his family, that we could share and enjoy this wonderful fellowship between Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that kind of love, that kind of fellowship, that kind of joy, that kind of goodness, that kind of, wow, this is incredible. So even before creation, God has a plan for us. And then, then, then there's creation. I'm going to just run us through the story here. Then there's creation. But quickly, man makes the choice to try to live independently from God. And it's a bad choice. It's a sinful choice. And it's a choice that always leaves us in darkness, groping around. What was the first decision Adam and Eve made? Was to hide from God. Wrong. You know, it's like something fundamentally changed in their attitude and perspective toward God. So they're hiding in the bushes. But God doesn't stop there. He goes, He's always, 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 always coming after us. No matter where we turn, there He is. He does not let you go. You are not here by accident. Oh, it's good news. And so, so roll the story forward. God comes to a man named Abram. And He says, I'm going to bless you. And through this blessing, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed through you. Will you believe this? And He did. He believed it and it was credited to Him as righteousness. And through Abram, soon to become Abraham, He becomes the father of this nation of people and they are supposed to be a light to the nations of the earth. You know, and so what happens though as God works with this people, as He spends time with them, the Jewish people, we find out that they are just like everybody else. They are running from God. They are darkened in their minds. They need a Savior. They, They need the light to come to them so that they can see. You remember... What were the guys that studied the Bible more than anything else? The Pharisees, the Sadducees. These guys studied the Bible 10, 12 hours a day. And God in the flesh comes and stands before them and they call him the devil. That's jacked up. You know, and that's us apart from Jesus Christ. No one has light. There's no one who's seen the Father. No, not one, but Jesus. There's only one who's seen the Father and can make Him known. To see Him is to see God. He is the image of the invisible God. The radiance of His glory. Amen. Start preaching in a minute. So then then God makes this promise and Jesus comes through Abraham. He's Abraham's seed. And He comes onto the scene and He is the light of the world. He is the light for all nations, not just for the Jewish people, but for and we may have some Jewish background folks in here, but a lot of us are going to just be the other people, the nations. And he is for all of us, Jew, Gentile together, and he makes us to be one people in him. That's the good news of Jesus. And it's for all the world. It's for all the world. He makes us to be one people in him. 
And so you roll his story forward, and now we're in this time where we're looking forward to him coming again. And the end of this story is new creation. It runs all the way from creation to new creation. And at the end of this story, Jesus comes and He makes everything fully and finally right. There is no more separation between heaven and earth. A new heavens and a new earth. And we are raised physically, bodily, from the dead to live in the new heavens and the new earth. And I say that because, you know, in our culture, a lot of times we are so co-opted and so anesthetized by Hollywood's version of heaven that we don't always even read our Bibles and get to the end and go, oh, wait a minute, we don't stay in heaven. There's a new heavens and a new earth. That's the hope that we look forward to. Paul said Jesus is raised from the dead and we will be too. And if we get sideways on this or miss this, we're, we're to be pitied. You know, that's what he says in 1 Corinthians 15. We will be raised as Jesus was raised. Glory to God. Oh, I'm just so... I'm, Thankful. Oh man, I'm just blown away at the goodness of the good news. But now I want to connect that story to our own lives. Because apart from Jesus, we live our lives in darkness. Apart from Jesus, we just desperately need saving. It's so true. We need forgiveness. We need hope. You know, and we will try all kinds of things to fill the emptiness apart from Him. It's amazing. And all of us, if I were to go around the room one by one, I could come up with and say, what have you ever heard that you're not? And everybody's got answers. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have peace. Or I, I'm not uh, uh, assured. Or I'm not secure. All these things. And when we live our lives, and this is life apart from God, so everybody's, you know, there's nobody that would say, or that could say, I've got it all together. But what happens is when we live from this place of I don't have it, then I start trying to get it to fill this thing some way than the things that I do and the relationships that I have and the love that I try to get from others, these different kinds of things. And what comes out of me, because I don't have a source that will last this I am not starts manifesting in just like a river of toxic stuff that comes out. Because I don't, I don't have enough. God wants to fill me. He wants to give me His life. But instead, I'm just what comes out is judgment. What comes out is my pain. What comes out is my woundedness. What comes out is my, my, you know, the way my own soul is broken. I just, I can't, it can't be anything but it can't be life to other people. That's why Jesus is so important for us. This is, this is huge. This is the story of our lives. All around this room, there are people that know and love Jesus. I know a lot of you guys. But there are also stories that you're still in the middle of, of trying to find the life that's really in the Lord. And it's the longing of your heart whether you know it or not. It's this good news is really good. So, you know, in my own story, back in in college, or really even before. I was baptized when I was 12. I heard a sermon about what hell is like, and I was like, whoa, don't want to do that. Get a witness. Right? Well, I don't want to do that. The sermon was literally called, What is Hell Like? that night. Like, ah! You know? And so I, and it's nobody's fault, 
but I missed the relationship with Jesus part. I just was trying to avoid something and missed that. Man, this whole thing's about a person. It's concrete. It's in history. It's not us just kind of coming up with some good philosophical things. He validated the whole deal because He's a person who died and was raised again from the dead never to die. Wow. So, you know, I'm, we roll the clock forward, you know, by the time I get to college, I stopped going to church. I, I just, I didn't have a relationship and so I didn't, we didn't, it wasn't a part of our lives back then. And my senior year in college, had gotten messed up in a bunch of stuff and drugs and things, and, and it was like a vice grip sucking the air out of my life. I mean, it just was little g God to me. You know, it just was, I thought about it morning, noon, night, and while I slept, and just, it was terrible. I was in bondage that I could not see a way out of. And one night, I was at my parents' house down in Houston, and I was on the bed, I was crying my eyes out because I started, I'd started thinking about killing myself. I couldn't see a way out. And, you know, I'm laying there on the bed. My eyes are closed. And suddenly, before my eyes, but my eyes are closed, I see Jesus. Now he's in a white robe, gold sash. I didn't hear his voice, but he's smiling at me, just going like this. And I said, Jesus, if that's you, you've got to save me because I am so lost. I am so lost. I wasn't pointing back to, you know, the what is hell like sermon or, you know, I mean, I, I was a living example of what it looked like to be lost. My life was a mess. And I met Jesus Christ that night. I mean, just it was experiential. It was powerful. You know, and, but the big thing was that something happened inside of me. I mean, like rocked my world, something happened. And he became, he became like the treasure of my life. He became, and I, that's a great way of saying it because before I had known about him, but knowing him, coming into relationship with him changed everything. <laughs> I mean, it just like I wanted to I wanted to know everything about him. I wanted to have my eyes on him. I wanted to be with his people. I wanted to read his scriptures and I wanted to I wanted to worship him and I wanted to be around people that knew him and could help me, you know, and all of that just it rocked my world. And I've never been the same since. And that's how our stories we all have different stories. You know, and maybe you're like, ooh, that's a really bad story here. Or that's nothing. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's my story, you know? And you've got stories. And the good news, check this out. Here's the really good news is you've never met a person on planet Earth that Jesus Christ didn't die to save. And that's, that's the truth. All you see anywhere ever are people that Jesus died for. You know, and it's, it's amazing. When we, when we get what He's done, what He's, you know, including us into His death, including us in His life, including us, Paul says in Ephesians 2 that we've been seated with Him in heavenly places. It's like, boom, kaboom. It's a blow away. It's the best news ever. Now I can get to the main thing. On your outlines there. I had to get a little bit out first. But the main thing is this. The good news is that He's done everything to bring us to God and we can experience this new life starting today. So what that means is, while we were enemies, He came and got us. While we were in darkness, He came and brought light. While we were in bondage, He came and brought freedom to us. Isn't that good news? 
while we're messed up in our thinking and our attitudes and all that, He came and gave us a new mind. And so it's like Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the treasure. Jesus is the King. Jesus is our Savior. And you can start knowing Him and experiencing all that He's done for you right now. You could go, well, you know, I think I'll wait till next year. Or you could wait. I don't want to wait until tomorrow. Or you could just start right now. It's all real right now. My life, and, and, and I'll just say this, it doesn't mean that you get everything figured out and then you just kind of live a perfect life. It's not like that. I'm amazed at some of the funky, weird things that I'll still think. Is it just me? <laughs> Where did that come from? That's from hell, you know? And, and yet, he's still he's wooing us, drawing us, saying, come on, come deeper into this, further in, higher up, you know, to quote C.S. Lewis. So, what does this resurrection look, look, life look like? It looks like a life that's marked by forgiveness. So, I'm forgiven. And, but that also means I'm forgiving. You know, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It's like, I'm forgiven. Now I can be forgiving. I don't have to hold it over you because Jesus didn't hold it over me. Isn't that good news? This resurrection life looks like forgiveness. It looks like freedom. I don't have to stay in bondage anymore. You know, and I've shared some more of this story before. I'm not going to go into detail right now, but the way out of bondage, you know, sometimes you need to say, that's the devil and I renounce you, Satan, in Jesus' name. You know, that kind of deal like that. And then sometimes what you need to do is go, Jesus, I love you. I want you to be more the treasure of my life than this stuff that's dragging me down. And as you fall more in love with Him, it's like it cuts the root of this attraction over here in our lives. So this life looks like forgiveness. It looks like freedom. It looks like peace where you know that, long, that anxiety that just rides us day after day. He brings peace right there. There's a peace that passes understanding that can only be found in Jesus Christ. It looks like love. Man, you know, I, I can't say this enough. Our God is a God who loves. He is love. And when we know Him and we know His love, it's part of what we were made for. And when we live apart from Him and apart from that love, what we end up doing is putting ourselves on His throne and trying to, trying to dole out who should get love and who shouldn't. And we're terrible. We're terrible at being the judge. And we can't, we can't love other people when we're judging them. I, I, love comes, but if I judge, it stops the flow of love. But if I love them, I am a conduit wah, 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 for love. That's weird. I don't know what that but uh, so this new life looks like love. It looks like faith. It looks like hope. It looks like things getting right in our thinking, in our attitudes. Can I get a witness? You know, just I'm not thinking that old way that I am not, I'm not, I'm not. But it's Jesus coming in saying, I am. And that's good news. You know, my, my thinking starts to get right. My attitudes start to get right. And when that happens, when I delight myself in the Lord, He starts to change my desires. Even the place that I'm heading, the things that I want to head into is shaped by Jesus. And when we're heading into a direction that, we, that Jesus doesn't have for us, it's like clank. 
It's like, it's not a chord. It's dun, 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 it's just, and, and you know that's what, that's what sin is. It's missing the mark of Him, of Jesus. And like I said a minute ago, something happens. Something happens. It's happened to me. I hope it's happened in you. That we want to know, when you see other people, you want them to know what you know about Jesus and the good news. That's, that's where this is going. So how do we move forward with this good news? What I've been trying to proclaim to you today is what is real in Jesus Christ. I want everybody to know what's real in Jesus. And that's what matters in all of life. So we come together week after week after week. We're His people. We're the church. And we are manifesting His life together. We're helping each other to see what is real. Because what is real, what is really real, is what is in Jesus Christ. That's it. So then, moving forward in this life, it's like then we start taking steps of faith and obedience because we see what is real in Jesus. We want to follow Him. We want to believe in Him. We want to do what He says. That's, that's how we move forward. It's a life of responding faith. It's a life of desiring more and more of Jesus. You guys know the, the word over the movement, the word over Christ Fellowship for this year, is uh, for 2016, is more of Jesus. And there's not a situation that you're in right now that more of Jesus wouldn't help. The anxiety you're experiencing, the frustrations you're feeling, the sin that you need to be free of, whatever the, whatever the thing is, what's needed is more of Jesus. That is the answer that we all need. I mean, it's just absolutely uh, just huge. I, I need to forgive someone. I need to receive His forgiveness and then give His forgiveness to someone else. That's the way that thing works. Kim read me a quote yesterday. I don't know the author's name, but he said, she said, you become like the five people that you spend the most time with. Is that good news? You become like the five people you spend the most time with. That's part of the reason that God has us together. He wants us to shape each other by what we see of Jesus and proclaiming that to one another. And together, there's a lift for all of us as His people. There is more clarity together about Jesus Christ than off my, on my little monastic, by-myself world thing. I see more of Him together. The fullness of Him is in the church. He's head over all things for His body. The fullness of Him who fills everything in every way. So, you know, I'll just finish with this about forgiveness. Receiving forgiveness... We receive His forgiveness, but then maybe we struggle with giving it to someone else. You know, and there's, it's, like, it's like lots of opportunities to follow Jesus into, a, into just His way. And so I think, man, I can't forgive that person what they've done to me. You know, and then I remember what Jesus has done for me. And it's like an invitation to step into that pain a little bit. We don't like to do that. But we step into that pain. That's what Jesus has done for us. He stepped into our darkness, into our pain, into the midst of the fallen mind of Adam. And He dies for us, receives all that mocking, spitting, you know, all that stuff. You know, and then still on the other side, He raises up out of the tomb and He's still there with us. He's in the, he's, he sees us. He gets it. And that's what He calls us into. A life of following Him. Even into pain. Hard things, suffering even, so that we can be with that person on the other side. It's like a death. Because if I forgive somebody who's hurt me, let's say JD hurt me, and, and 
and, and forgiving him might mean like, well, that's kind of some death. But you know what usually happens when I'm able to forgive? is resurrection. It doesn't mean it's always going to happen. There may be somebody that just says, I can't, can't do it. But a lot of times there is. When people love the Lord and love each other and they forgive each other, good stuff happens on the other side of that. So stand up. At Christ Fellowship, we take time at the end of every service to just respond to the Lord. And as we started today, I, I just said, hey, pray this prayer. Jesus, would you reveal yourself to me today? And it's just the answer to that prayer is, is the way of life. And it starts, you know, it, it starts, there's a, there's a place where it starts. And if you've not started that journey, it's just saying, yes, Lord, I believe what you've done for me. And if you're maybe, again, Easter Sunday is a great Sunday to not just start that journey, but to recommit to say, I want to be a follower. I want to walk with you, Lord. I want to walk just as your disciple along the way on this journey. And there's people here that want to help you do that. But this is just a good opportunity to respond to the Lord. We've got a few minutes here and we just want to respond to the Lord. And if the Lord's speaking something to you about your journey, the next step with him, say yes. You know, maybe get some prayer from somebody up here at the front or front fills up. Get some prayer from somebody that you came with. Uh, just, but the main thing is, Lord, I, I, I want to take that next step. And I realize too that there are people that are coming on this Sunday and you may be hurting. You're going through a hard time. Maybe there's, you need healing in your life or a breakthrough financially or something. Again, please don't leave without getting... Just, just reach out to somebody around you and say, hey, would you pray for me? God answers prayer. He works miracles. He touches our lives and He changes things. And let's let that happen today. Respond to the Lord. Respond to the Lord. Take a step. Be bold. Go for it. Father, meet us today. Come Holy Spirit. Have Your way in this group. Have Your way in the church. In Jesus' name, Amen. Come on, whatever your need is.